I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm John Motson and you're listening to the Football Ramble. I'm Gary Lineker and you're listening to the Football Ramble. Hi, I'm Sora Regis and you're listening to Football Ramble. Hi, I'm Robbie Earl and this is the Football Ramble. Hi, I'm Dion Dublin and when I'm not banging my dube, I'm listening to the Football Ramble. Still waiting for my Dean Windass Hall of Fame entry. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. It's Kenny Pavey. So then we shot him and threw him in the sea. Oh, are we on? <laughs> it's the football ramble, everyone. I'm uh, I'm Mama Bear Pete Donaldson. To my right is uh, oh, he likes them picking it baskets, Daddy Bear. <laughs> and uh, to my west is uh, Baby Bear Jim Campbell. So I'm, I'm like Yogi. No, I'm not Yogi. I'm like the other one. What's the small one? Boo boo. Boo. Oh, yeah. But it's the three Cheers. bears. Goldilocks is away and Danny Jordan. Yep. yep. Getting busy with <laughs> yeah. the fizzy. And uh, so yeah, we're kind of mustering. What? All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Yeah, so it's going to be a little bit ramshackle because I don't know what the hell's going on. Marcus, uh, it, it turns out he does things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, genuinely feel like, you. I genuinely feel like our dad's gone away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, shall, we get, shall we crack open a beer or something? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, first cab off the rank will always be the opening question. The opening question being this week, uh, it looks like uh, the Chelsea manager may possibly be losing his job fairly soon. Um, <laughs> mm. who, Harshly. I would, would say, but I'm sure well, we'll come yes, to that. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure that's uh, probably the uh, consensus on the table. Yeah, who should replace uh, the Chelsea manager as uh, Chelsea manager? Um, well, I would like to see. Um, you know, basically, if we're doing this as we're in the position of choosing who is going to yeah. be that manager ourselves, mm. I would like to see a true sort of fan in charge of a club. So, you know, someone who really, really knows the game, but from a fan's point of view, and sort of maybe deserves to have an influence on the game, but hasn't been able to before. So, I'm, of course, going to go for Tim Lovejoy. Of course. <laughs> um, Saturday Ch- Kitchen's Tim Lovejoy. Chelsea fan, you know, voice of the fans in, in because, his own head. Because bon <laughs> Tim's biggest regret uh, upon leaving Soccer M was that he wouldn't be influenced in the game. Anymore. Indeed, and this so, is a way back in. It's a natural yeah, way back in. Definitely, for him. I'm sure that's how Marcus is feeling right now. Yeah, I reckon uh, he he's is. no longer influenced football because he is in Jordan. Uh, he, he's with Tim Lovejoy. Okay, right. Okay. <laughs> he, how long does he think he'd last? Look, Lovejoy. Week. Yeah. Well, he's best mates with all the players. So they yeah. play. They play. Yeah. They uh, play. Lamps to play up. Maybe he'd no motivate problems. them. Maybe he'd motivate them with his laddie banter. <laughs> <laughs> one of those like red nap style managers that claims I don't bother with tactics and it's all motivation every single uh, training session would be kick the ball through that hole in the <laughs> car park crossbar challenge yeah, yeah and hit the crossbar then this all get slashed yeah. <laughs> did you ever see the uh, Chelsea FC crossbar challenge where um, nobody managed to hit it I don't think it, uh, pretty much nobody did I think Avram Grant did the worst one I've ever seen it went out <laughs> for a throw in that's how bad wow. the kick was my word um, so yeah Lukey Moore can we have one um, for you 
Well, Tony Cascarino, he seems to have all the fucking answers. <laughs> I mean, he knows everything. You watch him on telly, he knows everything. He does yeah. know everything. So I reckon probably Tony Cascarino. Maybe if he could get hindsight in as his assistant manager, yeah. then um, <laughs> <laughs> it would be, uh, be unstoppable. Yeah, it's got to be Cascarino for me, Pete. Good lad. Uh, I'm going to go for literally a sacrificial lamb. <laughs> <laughs> I think it doesn't really matter who comes in. He's got a season top, whether he be wins like, or not. Is yeah. that going to be like a Jurassic Park when they get to the T-Rex, sir? Uh, Compound. This is a yeah. lamb. There's been chained yeah. up, yeah. And, like, and, and all you see next is a, is a leg of lamb hit the windscreen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got to give the points out for the first Ooh, time ever. I think you should distribute yeah. them evenly. I think um, I'm giving them to Marcus because <laughs> he's not here, and who knows what he could have gone for. This is a one-game suspension for Marcus, but financial irregularities from the points from last week. <laughs> Well, um, Super Sunday gave us such delights as uh, Chelsea, Man United and Stoke Arsenal. We can start with the former, though. United, they're basically there, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, yeah. They were... Um, I think it's very clear that Valencia's made a big difference to them since coming back. You know, I mean, he's probably not even fully fit yet, but it's just some real dynamism in, in that side, especially when Park plays as well. And he they, was cutting they were, in from the left. Oh, yeah. Rooney had sort of come a little bit deeper than I know. I, I sort of criticise him pretty much every week for coming too deep, mm. but it seemed to suit him. Park on Park to his left. They absolutely dicked all over Chelsea. They for did a good portion of that. They game. were incendiary. You might call them and if you were reviewing a band. Well, you say incendiary. It wasn't. Yeah, you <laughs> either way. It wasn't um, super. Sunday. It was hat tricks on there. Thank you. Oh, very much. Sorry, there were three games too. instead of the normal regulation too. Because <laughs> we get to the business end of the season. It's the business end. Fixture congestion. There Who wants a- to be in the Europa League? Nobody. Yeah, <laughs> Spurs don't want to be in it. Not no, they don't. We've been in the European uh, Champions League uh, and European Cup twice in our entire history. We don't want to be in the Europa League. Mm. <laughs> Not well, interested. Liverpool have basically made the same noises. Yeah, but Liverpool have won five European Cups, Jim. Yeah, I know, but still, maybe maybe you should be able to opt out, like Man United would with FA Cup. That would nah. be a disaster. It would. <laughs> imagine it. Imagine would what it, it go to the next one, or would they just take it away? Would you ever just take the spot imagine, away? Imagine if like, QPR were like, well, to be honest, we've just, <laughs> yeah. just been promoted, we've got a lot on our plate. Yeah. <laughs> we're not bothered. But in the Chelsea game, did you see the Alex, uh, an absolutely phenomenal goal-line clearance? Yeah, off from Rooney. Surprised the didn't give it. I <laughs> <laughs> was Chelsea after all, my way. Um, is this Alex Ferguson's crowning achievement? Because he doesn't well, he, really have the squad that he used to have, and this is him knocking Liverpool off their perch, isn't it? Literally, I mean, this is what he set out rude. to do. So, uh, not literally. No, um, yeah, it'd be odd, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you could argue that it is uh, Champions League final as well with a squad a lot of people are deriding, and they are mm. they've really, really come into form at the right time by the looks of it. By the way, they've won seventeen and drawn one in the league this season at home. Right, so they've only dropped two points all season at home. Incredible, which is unbelievable. Did you see what Michael Essien said? You don't often win the league at home, though. That's the, that's the problem. I suppose so. Yeah, mm. their, their away record is absolutely terrible compared to what it's been like in the past. Yeah. But I wanted to say to you guys, did you see what Michael Essien said about Chelsea's season? He said to use a sandwich an- analogy. Oh yes, I did see the sandwich <laughs> well, analogy. That's a brilliant way to start any sentence. <laughs> yeah, that'll prick the ears up of the press room. Yeah. To use a sandwich analogy, <laughs> um, sweet bread at the top, sour filling, and more sweet bread at the bottom. Right, that's a horrible. That sandwich. doesn't work for a lot of reasons, right? Sweet bread is sheep's balls. Yeah, it is, isn't it, sweet bread? No, isn't it, isn't it brain? I think it's brain. No, I think it's balls. Is it? Okay, right. Eat, whether it's balls or brain, it's, <laughs> not, it's, <laughs> not, a, it's not a positive thing. Brains are bronze. Sour filling. Some people like sour things. Sour yeah. cream. Sour cream. Might, might be nice. Haribos. Couldn't have Haribos, a Haribos, indeed. <laughs> Tangfastics. Tangfastics. Yeah. So, you couldn't have... Yeah, but you couldn't have a... Like, brioche is a sweet bread, literally. Yeah, so it is. You have a... 
Well, you should have said should have said brioche then, shouldn't he? <laughs> should have. That's what yes. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Sien's manager is he definitely out? I know we had the opening question, but is he definitely out? It seems that way, doesn't it? It seems if you don't win anything at Chelsea over one season, no matter how close you come, that's it. It won a double last season. I know. But it's surely this all started. This big wobble in, in the, the, the um, sour filling all started with Ray <laughs> Wilkins being fired. So yeah, maybe he should get the Chelsea job. Ray Wilkins. Uh, it's, it, actually, I do like Ray Wilkins as a pundit, and he's a very nice man. But it, at the moment, I see him as a pundit, and I think I can't believe how close he was to managing Chelsea yeah. in terms of like he was assistant manager. It's, it just seems weird. To he me. was. He's generally, you know, he is a, a decent pundit, but uh, he was awful in the Tottenham Real Madrid game. Oh yeah, he, he got carried away. So biased. It was that incredible. was like his first effort. In a high-profile co-culture game from yeah. memory, and he just got carried away, didn't he? He's a big game bottler. <laughs> <laughs> what about Stoke Arsenal, though? Um, Jimbo, same old? Yeah, well, absolutely, wasn't it? It was um, grudgingly. You have to admit that the one nil to the rugby team and swing low, sweet chariot chants were pretty funny. Funny, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, the small minority of Stoke fans whistling Aaron Ramsey. You well, can't. You can't even <laughs> for, for not for not accepting an apology, wasn't it? That's the reason, yeah. isn't it? Oh, even so. Oh no, I'm not. On. I'm not defending him. Yeah. I'm just saying. You know, I've got I've got no comment to make. He had fire in his blood, didn't he? Yeah. My <laughs> word, he was charging around like a mentor. Well, yeah, he was taken <laughs> off at half time, wasn't he? Yeah. Probably. Um, what were you saying, Jonathan Pierce said to Tony? Jonathan Pierce after the game. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw Match of the Day too, but um, he said after the game, like obviously you've lost your mother recently. Uh, is she here somewhere looking down on you? <laughs> He's set a precedent really? there. He's got to ask like Stephen Ireland about his grand, yeah. Peter Lovenkrantz's dad, well, no, Lampard, his mum, Sir Alex. Anybody you, who's had a recent yeah. bereavement, Sir Alex, you've won the league. Our ghost's real. Yeah. <laughs> it's not an appropriate so, forum for that. To normal people, that is like, oh, I've got to be careful here because his mum has died. To, yeah. a, to, a, to a match of the day person, that's an angle. <laughs> that's an <laughs> to an angle. Completely Especially reasonable Pierce. line of question. Can you imagine going through, to, going through it with his producer? So I'm probably going to go with the dead mum angle. Yeah. <laughs> because, um, <laughs> what, what's You're he not got, on Robert Wars now. <laughs> what's he got to do with the game? Jonathan, oh, well, nothing. You know, no, but, yeah. <laughs> it's match of the day too, isn't it? It's a bit weirder. Yeah, it's a bit quirky. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the uh, it's the giggle hour as we like to call it uh, Man City lost to Everton uh, it's a little bit gutting for Man City goal up as well mm. great goal by Osman wasn't it mm. excellent header rose like a salmon as they say Phil Neville great ball in picked him out mm. Phil Neville good. had a big row didn't he after the uh, oh after yeah the what was that all about did you see Mancini I don't know I'm not sure why that's Mancini strange. was being very Italian well they're doing mm. very little gesticulating and Phil Neville was, was kicking off a little bit Yeah, I, don't, I didn't get to the bottom of why that was and it was uh, you, you folded me a video, uh, Luke, about the um, with Balotelli talking to a, a Man City uh, journalist and Vieira helping out with the, some of the translations. Translation, yeah. I thought Balotelli came across as a really nice chap. Well, Very good English. Yeah, good yeah, English. Yeah. I read that. that he's and and really one of the things that's not picked up on by the main, sort of mainstream press is that. Um, he does these funny things and stuff, but he does come across in interviews as a very sort of shy, yeah. almost like insecure individual. He's got like his arms folded, his body language is very sort of sort of um, protective. And I just thought to myself, well, that's it's obvious, isn't it? He, he obviously doesn't feel confident unless he's on the football yeah. field. He does silly things because he's young and he's in a foreign country and stuff like that. You're like, a, all, you're like the big brother psychologist. We all know yeah, like very defensive body language and. <laughs> I'm not Matt Lawrenson. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we all know that mate who is quite shy and weird and then just like. Glasses themselves when you're out and like no one knows why. <laughs> Who did just, that? Like, Woodgate. Woodgate. Apparently, yeah, Woodgate. Yeah. The it, Sun yeah. reported it. I've never. Been, I, I swear I saw that. I've never been able to find it online or he any other himself. reference to it anywhere. There was a story in the Sun saying that Jonathan Woodgate was at a club. He gla- smashed a pint glass over his own head. Then um, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the bouncers went up to him because they saw it and went, "You're right. Like what? What's happened?" He's like, "No, I'm, I'm fine. I'll just go." <laughs> <laughs> 
It was in the sun and I can't find it anywhere else, so I doubt it's true. I love it in the Baptist, but well, technically speaking, I really should have to kick it out here. It's like when a referee sees a fight between two of the players in their own team. He doesn't quite know what to do. It wasn't one of those like really heavy sort of glass flagons that they have that all... He wouldn't have known. Mm. Oh, different. Oh, okay. um, Spurs. Uh, well, they drew with Blackpool. Gomez again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a very light um, foul, but a foul nonetheless from the sublime to the ridiculous. I know. Yeah, yeah. It was, he broke the world record for going from the sublime to the ridiculous. <laughs> it, was like, it was like under thirty seconds. It's, in any game where he makes an absolutely world class save, because he, he can be brilliant at times. Gomez. Mm. It, it seems to be a direct correlation. If he does something brilliant, something stupid immediately has to follow. It's like, like within the same game. But they have to balance the world out with yeah. rubbish. <laughs> Deeds, but he's doing them all himself. Incredible. I mean, that in the Arsenal game, uh, he made an absolutely world-class save just before Robin van Persie um, put the ball in. But he, it was just there's nothing he could do because there were so many players sort of crowded around him, and then slapped the ball into his own net. He got away, <laughs> got away with that one, as we said before, because it was ruled out for offside. But that, the penalty was just the penalty save just, was great. It wasn't a bad penalty. No, no, no it, was, it, was a, it was exactly where you should put it. Mm. It was just a brilliant save, was, and then just to, he just lost his head, didn't he? I was just, enjoying uh, Kevin Keegan's uh, anger at uh, the badge kisser, Charlie Adam. I share that. Um, did he actually kiss it, or did he just? Point to it. I think he just pointed. To he it, did, he d- didn't he kiss his hand and then point to it or something? I, don't, I, I, I took it. I took sort of exception to that because I think that he was more annoyed than Harry Redknapp. Well, Keegan was. <laughs> yeah. What was Keegan saying? He was just going. He meant that. He meant that. I would love it if he got suspended. He didn't, he, <laughs> he didn't do that bit. No. So, sorry. So he fouled Gareth Bale and was pointing to his back. No, he's called. Well, he's called his penalty shot. <laughs> <He didn't laughs> <celebrate after he, laughs> yeah. Impressive, you guys. Charlie Adam. It was almost like Charlie Adam was like. I want to be the best left footer in this league. <laughs> I'm going to kill Gareth Bale. Yeah, maybe he, maybe he's had heartburn and was mo- motioning to the bench. Oh, he's gone. I'm off my heart. Bring the sponge on. Yeah, <laughs> I think that Bale. I know it's not the best time to bring this up because it obviously was a shocking tackle and it's a bad injury he's got. Yeah, but Bale does go down an awful lot. He's on the Any of us would go down under that. On that, yeah. That was horrible. It was a sandwich. It was, just, it was along with Wilshire's against Stoke, it was a yeah, worst challenge of the weekend. Nasty. Nasty, that, nasty. That's a regular feature, isn't it? Worst challenge of the weekend? Yeah, that almost certainly brings yeah, itself bring it, up. Let's bring it in two games from the end of the season, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. A, fi- a final uh, two week spurt. Um, well, the bun fight at the foot of the table isn't really that much clearer. Uh, West Ham drew a Blackburn. Robbie uh, King's miss. Oh, it's gutting. <laughs> that's like almost his thing now. He's had a couple of them now, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. you know, some players have a thing, like, oh, Luar Luar's thing was like a celebrate, like a somersault. Yeah. You know, Henri had, had a thing where he used to do that. Sort of, Robbie King's thing is like missing open goals. It's yeah. becoming his thing. <laughs> uh, and his thing before that was pretending he supported all the clubs he signed for. Mm. So he's moved on a little bit. Maybe he's now got over that. He's like, yeah, I only support Spurs because I've been there the longest and <laughs> you know as a natural progression I, I hate West Ham and I'm here to sabotage them and, and the, the <laughs> thing about Keane is you know he won't stay if they get relegated of course not I well think David Gore's pretty much sort of confirmed a big West Ham fire sale he's sort of saying yeah. well I don't want any of these players in the championship oh, they, they have to have <laughs> that though. West Ham absolutely have to do that what were you saying <laughs> about Buen Morte on your blog today there were a, a lot of different West Ham fans I, I'm from Essex obviously I know, so I know a lot of West Ham fans and like apparently he was on like sort of sixty to eighty grand a week at some point. There's, there's a, what Bo Morte? Bo Morte was apparently on some ridiculous wage. I mean, I don't know that. Lewis Bo Morte. Lewis Bo Morte. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't confirm that obviously, but um, it seems to be the sort of generally accepted uh, opinion of West Ham fans that he was on some ludicrous amount of money. And obviously they were just so poorly mismanaged. Uh, Lumber was on a lot. I need to go pay yeah, off when he left. It cost him about five million just to get rid of him, didn't it? Something <laughs> ludicrous like that. Guy has been there. Picking I've up radically mismanaged that club. I've <laughs> never once worked at a job where they've. Gone, look, to be honest, it's not working out, so you're gonna have to go. Here's a million pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
No, sorry, you're not good enough. You go. It's not. Yeah, it's not how yeah, it works. Absolutely. But I was going to say that um, one thing, just to go onto a, onto a positive, just briefly, if anything, is that Christopher Samba was an absolute colossus for Blackburn. Mm. He yeah. really was the difference. And Blackburn have got an awful, awful record at Upton Park. Yeah. And uh, he, it was a really valuable point for them. I mean, obviously Wolves won, so that's a bit. It's your, uh, your boyfriend girlfriend uh, won. Uh, it's scored rather. Peter Odin Wingy. Oh yeah. He scored five games in a row for West Brom. Mm. First player to ever do that, I think, in the Premier League for them. And um, that could have been a different game because although West Brom were effectively on holiday mm. for the start of the game, when they when they went three one, um, Jerome Thomas had a really good chance and he hit the bar. Yeah. And if it had gone in, mm. Wolves would have absolutely shit themselves. Yeah. And it could have been a different game. It was an amazing but, bit in that. I think it was Richard Stearman made a run and just fell over. <laughs> no, no one anywhere near him. It's just his feet went just. On, on his ass, it's brilliant. Well, or his got, face. Wolves have got an all right sort of running. I know they're at the bottom of the table, but they got mm. Wigan and, uh, I think Wolves, and Blackpool to beat. Wolves Al Habsy seems to think they can beat the drop, well, and like, I believe him. Wolves is <laughs> a good season. Yeah, Wolves have the momentum, I think, don't they? They're yeah. going into it, and that is a good run. I mean, because West Ham as well, they've got Wigan, so that's a huge six pointer there, and they've got Sunderland the last game of the season, who though they've picked up, mm. will have nothing to play for. And well, it's at Upton Park as well. Well, so who, who's down? Who's down? Well, for well you I was, was going to say yeah. Manchester United's last two games are Blackburn. And Blackpool. It really is still a play at the bottom, isn't it? That's it the really, thing. Yeah. But if May not only need a point and Blackburn only need a point, just put it out hey, there. If this hey, was Italy, hey, well, if this was hey. Italy, that's a long time. If Allardyce was still there, you never know. If this is a World <laughs> Cup final, the whole <laughs> game just shaking hands and <laughs> laughing. If this is a final group game of a World Cup in 1970s, it would be a draw. <laughs> So, who knows, Pete? Who knows? Who knows? Um, in Blackpool, or rather above it, quite strictly, the fans of, of Blackpool sent a plane over to Preston's ground, basically going. <laughs> what did the message say though? It, was, it wasn't that witty. It, it was said it? Uh, it sort of said, um, "Poor little Preston, enjoy League One." I think there was, and an- there was another one saying, "We are superior." Love Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, it's a retaliation for some um, plane. <laughs> for, no, it's, it's it, they apparently Preston fans hung like some bedsheets off of a bridge saying. You'll always be in our shadow as the Blackpool players were driving to the, the playoff final. Something okay. really, some really bad kind <laughs> of attempt at rubbing them up the wrong way. Elsewhere in the Northwest, apparently, um, it's just been reported that two bald men were fighting over a comb. <laughs> uh, but no, Phil Brown said, the best thing is Phil Brown's quote where he said, If I had a gun, I would have shot them down. <laughs> Arrest me now if you want. All right, Brent. Arrest me now if you want. I found it very distasteful. Maybe I'll be flying the Preston plane when it comes to the end of the season. That would well, be. Well, you'll still um, be in League One. No, but ima- imagine if Phil Brown genuinely did that, if he followed through on that. But Blackpool got relegated and he flew a he similar message over and then sort of. I'm predicting a Nigel Farage him. moment. You're a Nigel Farage, UKIP leader, into a plane, doing some advertisement and it crashed. <laughs> It's an Ooh. orange man. You can laugh, he was fine. He didn't die or anything, he was fine. A man who was horrifically burned in a plane... Cr- oh, no, wait, he was only like that. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what about Heskey, though? You want to talk about Heskey, Jim, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, because it's amazing. Is that a Sol like, Campbell? It, well, apparently it was, wasn't it? Because he kept trying to basically talk himself into getting sent off, and it was the, the other Villa players, apparently, sort of like, were just... Emil, just seriously, just so, leave so it. again? He what? kept trying to get himself sent off. Well, it seemed to be that way. Apparently, he just would not leave the refer- referee alone. He just kept going back for more. And apparently, the referee said, "Look, I'll just book you again if you carry on." And he was going for it, but they were just like, "And he went, he went, what home. are you doing?" He went on. Didn't he, he did. Yeah, he, he got subbed off <laughs> he for did being a for being too angry. <laughs> <laughs> I would a, not want to see Hesky angry. My word. God, yeah, and then get he went. He's never been like this before. Did he drive he's, a he's such a gentle lummock. <laughs> did, he drive, <laughs> did he drive to Dundee in his shoe? That is bare <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. 
Well, uh, I mean, I guess, um, should we go straight to the Champions League? Yes. Uh, we don't go there very much, do we? No, we don't. It's always it's, out of date. It's kind of hard, though, isn't it? Oh, we don't have to go to Scotland this week, do we? Yeah, we're not going to Scotland this week. <laughs> Sweet! <laughs> yeah. Because Marcus isn't here. Yeah. Um, we're joking. We love Scotland. We just don't we're still not doing it this week. <laughs> yeah. um, Van der Sar's, it will be his last game. I think he's confirmed. What a, <laughs> what a way to go. I mean, Evan Van der Sar is one of these players who... You can argue that goalkeepers don't get the same um, sort of credit that other players get. I mean, strikers mm. obviously and, and playmakers get the, the most credit. I mean, probably because it's the hardest thing to, d- to do on the football pitch. But Edwin van der Sar, if he wins the league title, which he probably will, mm. yeah. um, that's 10 trophies with Manchester United. Yeah. <sighs> and he's 14 trophies with Ajax. Yeah. There's 24 decent, proper trophies in a, in a career. And I, I'm almost certain he started at Manchester United when he was 35. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah. Pretty much around that sort of time, wasn't it? Around no, 40 well, it was, now. Yeah, well, yeah, so it must have been about. A while ago. Yeah. But I mean, he's, he's 40 years old. Well, what's <laughs> incredible is he'd, he'd, he'd won so much stuff before that. And he, he, how did he wind up at Fulham? Yeah, I mean, like, no disrespect to Fulham, but it's so well, odd. Well, you literally have disrespect to Fulham. No, I haven't. I'm, I'm, how did I'm, he end up at I'm, Fulham? I'm did you actually just, just want a description I how you get there? Justifying myself now, but you're <laughs> talking over me. <laughs> but it's, it's for a player to have won that many things. It, it's odd for him to end up at a club the size of Fulham. You know, he, yeah. he, he was still relatively young when he was there. It's just it's a funny what one. A go- coup. It's funny one goalkeepers because he wouldn't have played in Europe with um, with Fulham, and he obviously no. is that, that class mm. of keeper. And Manchester United come along, and he's made to step up again, even at a relatively sort of late age. So it is weird that he was almost playing within himself for a number. Yeah, so you are right on what you're saying. He doesn't need to retire, and that's the uh, that's the testament. Well, Ferguson was trying to get him to carry on, wasn't he? Well, yeah, I think this week uh, Ferguson's kind of resigned the fact that he is definitely leaving. So he just sort of said, "I think he should retire now." All right, yes, I don't yeah. think he should play in the championship. I'll I don't allow think he you to retire. <laughs> yeah. But you know that um, I know an old keeper who comes out comes out of retirement that they can have. Who? He's out. I was going to say to you boys that um, is Van, did Van der Sar do the thing where um, oh, I just want to go in the garden and save shots from my kids as <laughs> 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 always say when they retire mm. I mean it's going to be a hell of a game he's got though isn't it oh, yeah. uh, facing Barcelona at Wembley it's uh, a great way to sign off though it's, it's interesting I mean a lot of people say Man United are effectively at home I don't know what the sort of ticketing allocation is like you would think if there'll be a lot of corporate tickets a lot of those will be English it's, corporate tickets yeah. so it may be the case that they do have an advantage in the ground I've never known so many um, people um, but just annoyed at uh, the, the the booking system for the UEFA Champions League like you said it's 25,000 or something to UEFA's but Manchester United said you've got to go there in person with your passport mm. at what? some point I'm not sure that's changed now but they were saying that last week so you have to you actually go to Old Trafford to get your ticket with your passport. Oh, right. I thought you meant Wembley. No, but I mean, it's even worse, isn't it? Going to, going to Old Trafford, I suppose if you're in the area, it's fine. But I mean, you've got to go in person to the ground. What, on the day? No, not on the day. Well, exactly then. <laughs> Pick them up. But it's still, why can't you just get them posted? Well, yeah, no, it's, it's odd. I just, comparatively, from what I thought you said, it's just not as bad. <laughs> okay, in the Europa League. Okay. <laughs> it's an old Portuguese final. Porto beat Villarreal and uh, Braga. That's a great game, that second leg. That ended about 16 7, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. it was just, oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Villas Boas is a, is a, is a some character, I'll tell you. I was, yeah. um, Andy Brassel, I was chatting to him yesterday about him. And, and, and Villas Boas is the Porto um, manager. Yeah, there's a I lot of uh, comparisons with Mourinho he's had, isn't there? Well, he's never, he never played the game, um, Boas, and he, um, he's 33 years old. I reckon he played at least one game. Oh, yeah, yeah, I reckon, <laughs> I reckon he's seen a football. His, his win percentage at Porto is 83%. It's incredible. So four, over four out of five games they win. Well, it's like we said last week, though. They're the Rangers of... <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah, it's a bit of that. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> there, is, there is certainly something to be said for d- dominating a two-horse race. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. And, yeah, it's it's um, 
they have some phenomenal win win record at home as well in in in, in the league, don't they? And I mean, for them to beat Villarreal, which is something because obviously that league is you know, oh, they hammered they get a lot of derogatory comments towards it. But yeah, absolutely, they completely schooled them. And Villarreal are the fourth best team in Spain. It was yeah. not. It's not. You know, it's no disgrace by any means. They put them to bed absolutely. But Braga. It's always incredible. Great what stuff. a story that is. Mm. I mean, again, Braga have come through the Champions League, mm. which seems a little harsh. But in a, in a strange way, it's nice it's worked out for a sort of debutante to end up taking advantage of that stupid Taking the kind Braga of parachute in system. Right. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> it was a bit of a it was a bit weird last year when like Atletico won it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They only won like two games or something. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Moving back to England, I guess. Moving across the country, the Championship QPR. They escaped the points deduction. They didn't have any points taken off them. Uh, over the Alejandro uh, Fowlin and they just got fined near enough a million quid so mm. one of the richest clubs in the world yeah. <laughs> this think, will show them I think yeah. they'll take yeah, it yeah. <laughs> their manager was d- weirdly silent about the whole thing yeah Warnock yeah, yeah. he's concentrate. changed his tune let's just concentrate on the football yeah well, I, I don't know how um, I think it was what? Gabby Logan I don't know how she get the straight face I, th- I think Fowling is the the equivalent of an escaped convict yeah. uh, myself and, uh, <laughs> it's, it's all outrageous uh, Norwich are promoted the playoffs have been decided uh, Swansea, Cardiff, Reading and Forest Jim you were at uh, Palace Forest I was you? at Palace Forest I went on Neil Morrissey's t- season ticket it's really odd a friend of, a friend of mine um, her dad it's ironic because you look friends. a bit like Martin Clunes um, no I don't <laughs> <laughs> um, her dad is an actor and his friends with Neil Morrissey so he weirdly gets their season tickets he's and, a Palace uh, fan is he yeah, yeah and, okay. um, I've never been to Selhurst Park before it was it was an interesting experience I had to wear a, a, like a proper <laughs> proper trousers and, and shoes because I was in sort of like the I don't, I don't know if you'd call it the VIP bit I don't know but well, they make you, you wear that yeah you can't wear like I've, jeans or trainers I've done I've done VIP at Selhurst Park I've done it at Club <laughs> Wembley and Stamford Bridge and the Emirates you yeah. wear what you want I know it's, it's absolutely unreal <laughs> and uh, Marcus Tudgay was a disgrace in that game I must say as well he, uh, he just he did the whole sort of bruschettes um, you know waiting for a while and then diving and yeah, did he did bit, yeah, I didn't see he, it he got, he, got, he got a man sent off 3-0 Forest yeah yeah they, they McGugan's uh, volley was uh, oh, really was. nice into the ground I love those sort of mm. screwed volleys like, yeah. smash it, and then over the he yeah. tried it like about 10 minutes earlier and it nearly right. went in and then he then he got it right the second time great player Lewis McGugan uh, just a note on Norwich um, actually um, because we we just missed them last week they got promoted yes. obviously last week but we recorded the same night um, Paul Lambert's done an amazing job he and has. doesn't seem that bothered that they've gone up strangely no, but the thing is I don't know, I'm not sure if it's sunk in because that's that's the first time a club's done back to back promotions into the Premier League since Manchester City in 2000 and when he took, out, took them over they were languishing in League 1 do you remember mm. Brian Gunn was a manager they got beaten mm. about 7-1 by it, Colchester yeah they got humped didn't yeah they? and so Lambert took over and they've been in fact Lambert was in charge of Colchester wasn't he Oh, he was. That's right. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And he, and he, no, was he in charge of Col- Colchester? I think he was. Yeah, I think he was in charge of them when they murdered them and then took over. Took over, over. and and he got them promoted twice in two years. Yeah, and it's, they've been a breath of fresh air as well. They absolutely just really just powered their way up that up that league. <laughs> you know, powered. You know, it was like you, you know on Gladiators when it got to the Travelator yeah. at the last bit, and you know, someone had a big big lead but they couldn't <laughs> quite do it, and someone else just powered up. It's like they did that to Cardiff. <laughs> that would be consolation to Cardiff, I'm sure. Yeah. Who, who would you want up? I mean, it'd be nice. I'd obviously want Forrester, but then you sort of think, oh, the romance of having a Welsh team in there. Yeah. Oh. I think I think the, the Welsh teams, especially Cardiff, have been knocking on the door for so long. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be fair for one of those to go up. But I mean, Forrester, you know, Forrester are a good team. Um, and it, these sort of playoff things tend to go on the momentum whoever's got the momentum going into it mm. so it'll definitely be based around that I think well speaking of uh, Cardiff one woman who can't seem to stay out of the newspapers especially when the newspapers arrive at such speed uh, <laughs> yeah. Sean Massey got taken out by uh, Cardiff City's yeah, Kevin ab- horribly taken out <laughs> 
Have you seen the? She got wiped out. Have you seen the video? Sympathetic. (laughs) She got taken out. Have you seen the video doing the rounds? What uh, Andy Gray? Yeah. (laughs) Where somebody stuck the Andy Gray sort of get in there, son. Beauty, (laughs) a great hit or whatever it is. But you, Pete, you said that you, 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 even though you just laughed horribly at her, you said that you were annoyed that Kevin McNaughton didn't apologise. Well, yeah, of course. Did he know it It happened though? You do that. Did he know it happened? No, but from what I I saw, he just sort of was looking the other way and no, I've got, I've got a leg to stand on there, but he's always <laughs> going to know what's happened. I've taken out a linesman. Yeah. Yeah. Lines lady. A lines and, uh, lady. <laughs> I, I don't think as well you. that, like, you, you know, you, the excuse of, oh, you, you, wouldn't pr- you probably wouldn't apologise to a bloke, that doesn't wash. You've still knocked over a girl. Yeah. No, I would apologise to a bloke, though. Yeah, yeah so well, I'm absolutely, sorry. but I'm yeah, sure so some players would say, like, we're, we're all men, aren't we? I'm British, <laughs> yeah. I apologise for everything, yeah. even when it's my fault. I apologise when I come on the field. Well, that's when you're meant to apologise. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everyone, what's about to happen? Bye. Uh, plenty of ups and downs uh, in, in the Football League. Down to League One, Preston North End, Sheffield United and... Scunthorpe up to the championship Brighton Southampton in the playoffs Peterborough MK Dons Bournemouth and Orient I've got well. to say um, Orient. I've been called out by several Southampton fans for apparently ignoring Southampton's promotion last week um, so well, well done do, to them you do support Portsmouth well, I do yeah but I've got no problem with it I'm looking forward to them playing in the championship like I said to you guys a few weeks ago if Brighton and Southampton and Portsmouth are all in the same division next season if Bournemouth can come up as well let's have yeah. a, a seaside Johnny we should come great, down yeah we should go down well, imagine a midweeker you're not involved oh. Yeah. <laughs> I work weekends <laughs> Not interested <laughs> Up to League One Chesterfield Bury And uh, Wickham Wanderers as well So uh, Yeah and in the playoffs I've, I felt sorry for Shrewsbury Because they just Just snuck into the playoffs um, Well not snuck in They fell into the, the playoffs um, Because they won On the last game of the season But they needed Wickham Wanderers to, to, to not win And Wickham Wanderers did win So I felt sorry for them But they've got the momentum they, Shrewsbury's not been in League One For absolutely ages Like mm. over 10 years or something So they're, they're, But they'll fancy against Torquay Because Torquay only just snuck in there On the last day and uh, the big one, the FA Vars. Yeah. Mm. Whitley Bay won it, didn't they? Tommy Amiobi's club. What, does he play for them? He plays for them, yeah. He didn't play. He wasn't involved in the match. He was no I thought he pitch. was at Newcastle wow. United. No, no, Sammy Amiobi is. Yeah, but I thought Tommy was in the youth team as well. Yeah, but no, Tommy Amiobi left. That is a li- that is a drop in there to Whitley Bay. <laughs> well, that's how far you can won the fall. FA Vase. <laughs> yeah, he's winning trophies. Vase, eh? Vase. He's winning trophies, Pete. Uh, it's not like we said about his brothers. <laughs> um, should we go over to Italy? Let's. Big talk Big talk From the Zeppelin man Yeah mm. And he has delivered Milan have done it Their first title in seven years Their 18th overall Would Great be. news for Allegri's boys Isn't it surely Yeah Is that how it is Whatever you say about him He wins titles wherever he goes <laughs> yeah. Whatever you say He's, he's won a the big title. game bottler he, Even without the, the Calciopoli titles He's won it He won league titles In 02, 04, 07, 08, 09, 10 and 11 I like how Amazing, I, amazing. There's I a like, pattern there I like how Allegri's got um, Cagliari next week the ones that he obviously his last, his last club yeah. he's got him and so he can do all the celebrating at home against Cali <laughs> <laughs> they didn't celebrate already didn't they didn't they have champagne on they the pitch, champagne yeah, yeah, on yeah. The pitch. Yeah. I love that I love the way <laughs> they won it in such an Italian way they were well happy with a nil-nil they weren't even bothered about scoring yeah. I lo- uh, when I heard it was like a sort of champagne celebration I did picture like you know waiters coming out people putting tables down and stuff yeah. and it, them just having a big sit down piss up on the pitch after the game Berlusconi and loads of strippers yeah <laughs> bunga bunga <laughs> party party um, they could still do the double of course because they're in the semis of the cup and all that so yeah, yeah exactly. and they've also signed up uh, Felipe Mexis from Roma and uh, Marseille's Teo <laughs> sorry Te Teo oh yeah Te Teo that's a loss for Roma isn't it he sounds like he sounds like a um a, ju- a judo instructor it sounds like Te 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 never going to be respectable AC Milan uh, should we go to Spain? Yes. yes. Chajon. Uh Madrid, uh, they hammered Seville 
uh, 6-2 yeah they just couldn't live with Ronaldo like, no, he was, well he scored four goals yeah. <laughs> who, who could live with that sort of firepower Kaka scored another great one as well he's looking right back into form Seville are two actually games to go team. when they've you know, yeah, they've already, yeah, lost exactly. everything that's called the Arsenal effect mate indeed yeah. Yeah. and uh, Barcelona they're pretty much over the finish line as well yeah, Iniesta's goal was an absolute beauty it was Messi-esque actually mm. he cut inside they beat Espanyol 2-0 they do need to just um just make sure they win the next game and just take Messi off straight away. As soon as you'd like two wrap him up, up, just wrap, wrap him up. up. He refuses to not play though, doesn't he? I've he, heard that. He's yeah. massively keen to play all the time, and uh, they, to the point of where before, ahead of the um, Real Madrid second leg, they played. It was a Sociedad, I think they played, and they mm. rested loads of players. But he, play, he played Messi and Xavi. Messi won't have it. He wants to play every <laughs> single game. Well, Ronaldo's just overtaking him on league goals, so maybe yes. he wants to. Pachichi. Ronaldo's got 46 isn't he in, in, all uh, in all competitions which is one off like Ronaldo's old like his original old Ronaldo's old record it's absolutely amazing, <laughs> amazing. epic mm. is uh, the word I would use Germany lads we're banging news. through them quite quickly but there's a lot of business to be had yes bad it news. is the business end this is bad, bad news bad news for Ramble fans and fans of lols sausage trains etc uh, they got hammered basically by uh, Bayern Munich St Pauli 8-1 one. One. weren't they at home as well yeah, <laughs> <At home. laughs> I, was, oh, I don't know if you've seen the goals. There's one of them where the ball sort of lobbed over. The goalkeeper comes out to sort of meet on the edge of his area, just sort of starts doing kick ups, and like, <laughs> he ends up like sort of. It's like the PR man, is it? Yeah, he ends up. <laughs> he, he loses it, but the ball goes out wide. It's it's not back in. Someone shoots. He makes a really good save, and then someone just put it puts in the rebound. It's like. <laughs> Just oh, <laughs> stop doing it wrong. Yeah. Mario Gomez scored loads as well. Patrick, just, yeah. Yeah. he's top scorer this season. He's got mm. twenty. The thing about Mario Gomez, I thought he was old, but he's not. He's only twenty-four. Yeah, he does. Twenty-four. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he was like thirty. Jesus. Another yeah. man who insists on playing every game. I imagine. Yeah. He, uh, well, that's taken them into the Champions League. So at least St. Pauli were beaten by a team that were, was looking for something. They've been I beaten guess. by everyone, Pete. That's <laughs> yeah. They have been yeah, beaten by everyone. Oh, it's so, such a shame, isn't it? They've not lost their sense of humour. No, but well, I mean, we heard about them before. We'll hear about them again. Well, These things no, will keep happening. No, you're wrong there because now I support Hamburg. All oh, right, yeah, <laughs> there so, we go. Because they've been relegated from Pali, so good lad. <laughs> um, right, match fixing. Thought we got into that. No, we said we agree. We're not doing it. Come <laughs> on, it's, it's, it's immoral. Come on, yeah. let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, you remember that fake Togo team uh, that pay, played in uh, Bahrain last summer? I think yes. Marcus uh, yeah. found the story somewhere. Mm. Uh, they lost three 0 They were pretty awful. They clearly weren't the Togolese. Didn't Bahrain team like smell, smell, smell something a bit sort of fishy? And we're like, wait yes. a minute. Well, mm. they've, they've isolated precisely who was at fault. It's a businessman called uh, Wilson Raj Perumal. But how how ridiculous was it? Was it like, well, he's in a wheelchair. So he's not. <laughs> he's, he's not a footballer. <laughs> That's a man with an Emmanuel Adebayo mask. For crying <laughs> yeah. out loud. And I'm pretty sure it's actually a baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's a car. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. He's from Singapore, I do believe. He's under arrest, under arrest in Finland uh, after reportedly bribing 11 players in the Finnish league this year. I'm hoping that it's like a whole team. They reckon he's been bribing officials as little as six grand per match. I'd want a little bit more for my professional... Uh, oh, yeah, if it's a business, though. Thinking about it. He's, he's, you know, he's got overheads big, deal with it. it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's quite... Staggering well, I read about this This is also the guy That set up that Weird friendly Between like Zimbabwe And like t- I, I don't even know who Yeah just, <laughs> There was like, some sides In South East Asia I think The Zimbabwe were playing And like There was some controversy Over that as well What What is this? 
Why? Why? Why you do that? Well, got, he was, the thing is, the, the, there's the so many ways to make stupid money out of football. Well, the thing is, this he, guy's he, literally invented one. Well, he had a flat <laughs> near, uh, basically around the corner from Wembley, and he, apparently they found his phone records and stuff, and he's so well connected with like heads of uh, governing bodies. Oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. That uh, like high up officials, well-known football, uh, international football players, and stuff. So it's all, it's all very, what a, very murky. Read his name out in case any of our listeners get a phone call from him. Uh, Wilson Raj Peramal. There you go. Mm. Well, he uh, to be fair, he was already on the run he'd only skipped bail for uh, hitting a, a policeman with his car in Singapore <laughs> so <laughs> probably, probably, probably not on the top of his uh, <laughs> crimes to be honest the old is this, the old is this Lord Ramble is this one of his pseudonyms <laughs> I think it possibly is yeah that's incredible it'd be fascinating to find out what the matches were that he'd fixed because well, I, I read there was like a World Cup qualifier or something I think it was like a dead rubber somewhere and there are loads of them as well like over 200 or something that he's apparently been involved he did, in he did a lot of work with like in, in, in like Singapore Singapore's Woodlands Wellington team he was involved with <laughs> oh what a play for them that sounds yeah. like a crash he was convicted uh, in 2000 for attacking one of the footballers for that team <laughs> <laughs> he, loved, he loves a bit of attacking this man's a terror my yeah. word um, I know what the Windows Football Phone's going to be next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that coming over the hill? Is it an email? Yes, it is. It's an email. <laughs> good, good jingle, <laughs> That's really Oh, that wasn't a jingle. Here's the no. jingle. The Mark is away for one day. It all falls apart. Do you want to start, Loki Pua? Oh, am I going first? Yeah. Okay, yeah, no problem. Um, this is from Eric. He says, uh, Ramble Force Hall. Oh. oh. I was quite surprised to hear mention of Lutz Fannensteel in the most recent Ramble, Jim's email yes. last week. Um, you see, he played for a little outfit called Calgary Mustangs back in 2004 during their visit to play my team, the Portland Timbers, in the then named United Soccer League's A League. <laughs> Stop Ye- it. Usual. <laughs> we in the Timbers Army like to do our research when visitors come to town and discovered that Lutz had played in Singapore and had been jailed for some sort of match fixing offence. Oh, wonderful oh, coincidence. Um, we, of course, took great delight in singing Singapore Prison Hall to him during warm up. <laughs> <sighs> if memory serves, he turned around and clapped us at one point. Mm, I'm not sure he did. Uh, he then showed up three years later playing for the Vancouver Whitecaps. It was the same league but was now called Division One. I took a fair bit One. of <laughs> enough. I took a fair bit of delight in heaping abuse on him in his native tongue at both the match in Portland and at the away match in Vancouver to which I travelled. I think of all the names I've heard mentioned on the illustrious ramble, his is probably one of the least expected. Cheers, Eric. Thank Vancouver you, Eric. Vancouver Whitecaps. Mm. Beardsley or Keegan's old club? Beardsley, Beardsley, I think. Yeah. I think Beardsley. Yeah. We should really know since we did Keegan as a profile <laughs> last, last week. <laughs> Never mind. Cheers, Eric. Yeah, I've got an email as well. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, go on then. Hello, Ramble. Hello, Ramble. <laughs> Hello, Ramble, yeah. my old that's, friend. That's what I wanted. Do a hoe. No, do, do a like, hoe. Listeners, do it like. <laughs> Greetings from Umia, Sweden. Probably wrong. I pronounced that. Um, and I don't know why I said that like Yoda. Uh, I just listened to some old shows where you talked about, and two, the famous Kenny Pavey. Don't know if you follow Kenny Pavey's progress in Alsvenskan, but today, Monday, Kenny scored in the 90th minute to make it 1 0 to Icor against top tipped Orebro. Since winning Alsvenskan uh, in 2009, they had a hard season this year. The team lost their best players and their manager, finally hi- hiring Alex Miller, a man that made nobody happy. And the team. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great sentence. And 
And the team finally finished 11th. This season, the team had a good start with a new manager. However, a game uh, last week against Syrianska had to be abandoned when firecrackers, or bombs as some papers called them, uh, were thrown at the linesman. Harsh. Icor were 1-0 down at the time, and no one knows what the Swedish FA will do about the game. I'm not an Icor fan, but how can you not like Pavey? Keep Classic. up the good work. Elias Olofsson. So thank you very much for that, yeah, Elias. I good saw, to have a little update on Pavey, oh, definitely. It? I saw a bit of Pavey when he scored that goal, and the, and the crowd was singing an amazing chant. Something like, Kenny Pavey, you can have my wife. Or something like that. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, bloody take her. Yeah, he will as well. No, he wouldn't. He really. He's, he's a family man. He's a happily very, married very family man. He, he was, he did, there was a brilliant post-match interview where at one point, like, obviously he can speak a, a great um, Swedish, but he he sort, well, of, sort of. Well, he snaps out of it halfway through and goes, um, "Oh, I don't know." Well, um, I actually got a, a, an email to my personal account. You may have got it as well. I can't confirm that. I don't check your account. Um, a listener by the name of Paul Moore alerted us to the fact that uh, Hartlepool United uh, are selling next season's um, season tickets uh, at a cracking 100 quid a pop. That's amazing. Providing uh, they manage to sell 4,000 of them by July. Is that unrealistic? Well, I did, they used to crack it. They used to bang in. Well, for 100 quid, I mean, that's, come on. That's less than an Emirates burger. <laughs> the usual price is 350 That more is or less than the Gunnosaurus key ring. <laughs> that is. That's amazing, a sli- if they don't manage to get 4,000, you, there's still a little bit of a sliding scale. So it it's might 4, be 4,000 pounds. Yeah. It might be 150, it might be 200. There's no but backing way, out. So I remember spending like 15 quid a match. Big up the heart of the pool ponzi yeah. scheme. My word. Good Great on stuff. You. Well done. And uh, also speaking of internet discourse, Twitter. Mm. It's a wonderful tool for uh, getting in touch with sportsmen and unless you sports get, women. Unless you're Darren Gibson. That you respect, yeah, exactly. <laughs> letting, you, letting them know how you feel about the recent performances and that. And, <laughs> but the thing is, this has also given rise to like the internet troll, which has upset most notably, like you said, uh, Darren, Darren Gibson. Gibson. Mm. See, that was the sort of thing you might only get on a forum back in the day, but with, yeah, with they, Twitter being with around, Twitter, they're a very... Like, it's right on your iPhone at own, any point. God knows right. we've had them. But were the Darren Gibson ones trolls or were they genuinely like aggrieved fans who thought he was He doesn't mean actual trolls no I know that's but the same thing <laughs> but, but Jim a troll no a troll is like someone who winds people up on purpose whereas I'm, what I'm suggesting is perhaps these people actually did think he was terrible yeah but so well, you can think he's terrible and you know by the very nature of telling him that you're surely so. trying to wind him up I suppose, I suppose so either yeah. way his Twitter career was cut down in the prime of its life of like two hours or something <laughs> like that he pussied out of that very early he really did he shouldn't have he shouldn't have let him get to him um, and with that in mind though I thought I'd sort of we'd, we'd take a couple of moments to Take in the majesty that is a particular uh, Twitter follower of many footballers, Mark Bicker. You okay. won't know him. No. You, he's, he's an anonymous man. Uh, Bicker89 he is on Twitter. A man who, when not studying for a sports studies degree at Wolverhampton University, is giving professional footballers both barrels. <laughs> this is the last week in uh, Bicker89's Twitter account. I was fascinated. I only found out because Dan, uh, Dan Gosling got upset about something he said. Yeah, okay. And I was like, wow, this guy is busy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, d- to Dan Gosling, he said, why you not got a picture of you in a Newcastle shirt as your profile picture? Because you never get on the pitch sick. No, waste of money. <laughs> oh, Sa- signed on a free. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, he did as well, yeah. Phil Neville, what's it like your brother Gary Neville being an ex-professional footballer and you an impersonator? Go, Phil yeah, Neville, yeah. A, an excellent footballer. Yeah, yeah it doesn't yeah. quite work that way. Uh, <laughs> like, frequently better than Gary Neville. Uh, Rohan Ricketts, stop kissing Rio Fernandes' ass. Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips, do you realise you're only a professional footballer because your brother is half decent? In your brother's shadow, hashtag. <laughs> Jesus. But, but it's not all football abuse. He takes some time out to wax lyrical about uh, our royal family. 
It's great to see the Queen wearing yellow. Norwich City. <laughs> <laughs> but then feeling refreshed, he's back to the banter. Nathan Eccleston. Uh, I was at the Warsaw game yesterday. You were shit. P.S. You have a massive nose. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not all about football, lads. He's a P.S. Been... in a tweet is too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got your eye up. I have yeah. five tweets in. Yeah. Uh, but it's not all about football, lads, because he's clearly committed to his friends and his family as well. To a uni friend, he writes, Look at what I sent you on Facebook, lol, video of a fit bird <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the last three Danny Simpson you were fucking shocking today England my arse uh, Alan Brazil I'm not surprised your ankle is fucked him out you way quite <laughs> <laughs> like that one Alan Brazil was like 50 odd <laughs> uh, exhausted though after a heavy night's millionaire baiting he signs off with R.I.P. Seve a uh, true sporting legend so a yeah. bit of respect for <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. God, <laughs> God knows he wasn't on Twitter yeah. goodness <laughs> me that guy's obviously going to get loads of followers now and I look forward to the abuse he sends in our direction horrible horrible man <laughs> yeah that is amazing I do like an internet troll Luke, uh, Marcus isn't here, so uh, someone has to do the bloody profile. Jim, have yeah. you prepared one? Um, no. Okay. I, I didn't, I you didn't could look so. at it like that. <laughs> but you could look at it like, who's the best rambler? He'll have to do the he profile. He hasn't prepared a profile. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, have you got a profile? Alessandro you? Del Piero. Oh, oh you have now. not let us down. Look <laughs> at them plumbing sideburns. Told me I should do a profile. So I've done it. Oh, no, I've it. It's Alessandro Del Piero. Born 9th of November 1974. Winner immediately. Twenty years no. after the summer of love. Seven years after the summer of oh, love man. in Conegliano, Veneto, Italy. That's why he does it. <laughs> Alessandro Del Piero, one of Juventus's greatest ever players, the most prolific goal scorer in the club's history, and the leading appearance maker. God, he's rattling through this. Yeah. He is back. <laughs> A truly versatile second striker, able to play anywhere on the front line as well as in the hole. He oozed class at the very highest level. Um, for me, certainly one of the classiest players I've ever seen. Um, let's start at the beginning, though. Mm. Um, the son of an electrician, Del Piero was first spotted by scouts in 1988 while playing for his local side at the age of about 13 years old. And I imagine he was well illuminated because his, uh, his dad could have done the electricity <laughs> yeah, so what, on done, his yeah. body. More on his dad later. More on his dad later. They were very close. Um, he was wished away to join the youth side of Padova, uh, where he eventually made his league football debut in the yeah, 1991-1992. I always thought that Del Piero was a sort of Juventus youth academy product. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people think that. Because I mean, he's just so loyal to that club. He is a one-club man, really. I mean, I yeah. don't think even Padova fans would, 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 would dispute that. I mean, he, played, he ended up playing 14 times for them, and they were in Serie B at the time. Uh, he scored one goal, I think, against Ternana. Although it's very difficult to get information on that. I, I think I saw it, and it was against Ternana uh, on the internet of the week um, uh, but in 1993 signed, he signed for Juventus and uh, they obviously saw the, the potential in him and this is where his story sort of really starts now he appeared here and there in his first season 93-94 uh, but it was in 94-95 when his impact really began to be felt he contributed heavily to Juve winning uh, Serie A at a canter really mm. um, they, I think they won it by 10 points from Lazio and he scored I mean the way he announced his sort of arrival on the scene in Italy he scored a, a genuinely breathtaking goal probably one of the best goals of, well in fact I'll go as far as to say one of the best goals I've ever seen against Fiorentina in 94 it's like a ball over the top mm. He, go, he goes beyond the last defender and he's about 18 yards out slightly to the left of the goal and you'd think oh, I'll take a touch here and slot it and he sort of outside of the right foot flick volleys it over the goalkeeper the he, was, um, he was good for what you might call ninja goals 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean, <laughs> real, just incredible kind of like just Deft acrobatics in this yeah. area, snapping goals. <laughs> and and as as he celebrated, there was a massive pylon, and uh, mm. Ravanelli instigated it. Come hey. on, you got me on that but pylon with Ravanelli. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is a, a mark of respect, isn't it? That's a sort of mark of approval. <laughs> yeah, Ravanelli, Ravanelli the put, white got, got him off his shirt. Yeah, he didn't put his shirt over his head before he did it. He just dived on. Um, but in '95, I mean, that, that was when he, he made his first debut for the national side, actually against Estonia. Um, but he didn't score his first goal for Italy until 1990. But he, he, well, not too bad, is it? No, but he, he played in Euro 96. Get off his back. I'm not on his back, Jim. That's a celebration. Ravanelli's on his back. <laughs> yes, he won't get <laughs> He's off. He's just scored. Um, he did play in Euro 96, though Italy had a poor tournament. They went out in the first round. I, th- I think he played against Russia. Um, but yeah, they didn't have a great tournament. And, and But in 1996, um, just before that, um, he, he won the Champions League with Juve, which is the biggest, um, mm. biggest achievement, really, of his club career, I would say. And they beat Ajax in the final, um, 4-2 on penalties. Uh, the game finished one all. Uh, Littmanen scored, and Ravanelli scored um, first, I think, and Littmanen cancelled out his opener. But Del Piero, at a relatively young age, he scored six goals in the Champions League that season. I mean, only Yari Littmanen, who was a fantastic mm. uh, striker, really underrated, uh, scored more. Um, I remember that. As much for Juventus' kit... The blue kit with the yellow stars on the shoulders. Remember, absolutely yeah. massive. <laughs> like classic 90s kit. They had great kits, you yeah. Remember the gold one they had later on as yes. well? Yeah. That, we'll come to that later. But they had a great array of kits. But I mean, this is, you can notice a pattern develop now. 96 uh, 97, they won the league. Um, they lost in the Champions League for a 3 1 to Dortmund. Um, mm. they just, Which Paul Lambert was a part of, wasn't Paul it? Lambert Incredibly. basically wasn't in, in, in the Dortmund se- uh, team. Yeah, I mean, they lost 3 1. Um, Apart from the Zidane volley in the Champions League final for Real Madrid, it's hard to think of a sort of more outrageous goal in the Champions League final than Del Piero. They lost 3-1 to Dortmund, but he scored a goal where Boxic cut in from the left and crossed it, and he just flicked back heeled it into the yeah, bottom corner. Another ninja goal. Yeah, it was amazing. Like yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Peter Parker-style goal. Which is enough for him to get into the Dean Winners Hall of Fame on his own. Yeah, so he scored in the Champions League final. Amazing. Anyway, but Riedler got two, and, um, and, um, and they won 3-1, and, and Juve went home with nothing. But... Um, he had a great season uh, again and the following season they won the league again and this is probably his I'd say this is his best season I mean he scored 21 goals this, this term um, they lost the Champions League final again but they got to, so that meant they got the three Champions League finals in a row 96, 97, was that against Madrid wasn't yeah it? they lost 1-0 yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Del Piero was top scorer in the Champions League with 10 goals and probably I, would, I mean you could stick my neck out and say he would be maybe the second best player in Europe after Zidane at that, in that season well yeah I'm just- were they together at that point? Yeah, they at were. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the goal you may remember him scoring actually was against United at Old Trafford, where he scored off about thirty seconds. Yeah, so yeah. United had the kick off. Hmm. They went through, um, uh, lost the ball in midfield, um, ball through to, to to Del Piero, who sort of like Cruyff turned Schmeichel and yeah. the defender and just sort of slotted it in. Um, it's about thirty seconds in that guy, that goal. They didn't even have the kickoff either, so it's pretty, pretty amazing. Towards the end of 1998, Del Piero got a horrific knee injury, um, which would put him out for the rest of the season. Uh, Juve really struggled without him and ended up finish, finishing sick. I mean, he would later say that at the time it was the toughest part of his football career. I mean, mm. but he, he said it made him into a better player. It sort of deal with adversity, and he wrote an article actually, uh, 17 years after joining Juventus, uh, 17 things that have affected his career the most. And mm. he actually said of the injury, um, it has changed me, it has improved me. And all he did is he listed the date that it happened. Mm. So it's a massive part of his career, you know. Um, but he bounced back. Um, Juve finished second in the league the following season and they qualified for the Champions League again now by this time it's a bit interesting because they, they, they had an amazing uh, period of success throughout the late 90s with, with Marcello Lippi of course the great Lippi yeah. 
But by the time um, Del Piero came back from his injury, um, Carlo Ancelotti had taken over. And Pippo Inzaghi was very much the main man in terms of a striker there. And I, you're laughing already. I don't understand yeah. it. This is Inzaghi. It's just funny. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> this is comically good at one thing. So that the massive rumours are that Del Piero and Inzaghi were such different characters just in every way possible Del Piero was a really fiercely committed sort of one club man with Juve a classy sort of you know creative in the whole second striker play Inzaghi yeah. was a, an instinctive poacher born offside of that sort of stuff yeah. mm. uh, a real sort of not a mercenary but always knocking around different clubs mm. and apparently their relationship was so poor um, the rumours all over the Italian press were they just refused to pass to each other yeah. they would only pass to each other through Zidane which is a mental <laughs> ridiculous, <laughs> like a ridiculous situation but if you are going to have a conduit well, exactly. You, you couldn't pick it's a better amazing one. Conduit. Maybe that's why he was sort of regarded as being the greatest player ever because he's got so much ball time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Give it to him. Yeah. <laughs> Pass your dad the salt. Yeah. 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 Tell him <laughs> he should have passed to be there. But um, anyway, Inzaghi ended up moving on, and Trezeguet basically stepped up, and, and Del Piero sort of won out, I suppose, because he, he he obviously studied events for a lot longer. Mm. Um, at international level, he suffered a bit more adversity in Euro two thousand, where he didn't really have a bad tournament, but Italy got to the final. But he did get a lot of um, a lot of stick because I'm not sure if you remember, but um, Italy were one 0 up in that final, and Del Piero had two decent chances to put it sort of beyond France's reach. Mm. Bartes had a great game. He said I think it was two one on ones against. Del Piero he saved um, they didn't put the, the game to bed and France ended up winning 2-1 with a golden goal from Trezeguet who mm. obviously played with, mm. with Del Piero um, so that was a bit of a shame that did affect him he's quite a sensitive character quite an emotional sort of heart on the sleeve style player and I think personal issues can did tend to affect his form and, and none more so than in 2001 the following year when his father who is very close to died um, after a long fight against cancer is uh, is he there somewhere looking over? Yeah, him? not not now, <laughs> not the time. Not then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he wasn't really himself. I mean, his mental state was very fragile. He, yeah. he scored actually within that period. I haven't said that he scored one of the most emotional goals you'll ever see against Bari away from home. I think it was. Um, he cut down the left, beat a defender, um, dinks it over the keeper. Um, obviously wanted to dedicate it to his father. I mean, it was only a week or two after the funeral, mm. I think. Mm. And he's pointing to the sky celebrating. But he's so emotional. Um, you can see Posotto holding him, his head into his shoulder because you can tell that he doesn't want anyone, everyone to see how emotional he is. Yeah. And he holds him there for absolutely ages so that he can compose himself. Yeah. You know, um, so it's a very emotional scenes. But I mean, he bounced back again and, and, and he went on to, to have a, a sort of decent season after that. Um, and then in 2002, against Mexico in the World Cup, uh, Italy had a, were having a bit of a poor tournament they ended up going out to South Korea if mm. you remember but they almost didn't qualify and they weren't happy about it were no, they? <laughs> well no not many people were um, but they, they almost went out in the group stage but if you remember Del Piero scored a header five for eight years mm. scored a header to, uh, against Mexico to put them through um, and that year obviously Juventus won the won the uh, championship again and the Scudetto they've won uh, so many leagues yeah, yeah I think it's, it's 27, 27 is it like that was his fourth Scudetti um, <laughs> uh, he won the fifth a year later But yeah, I mean, due to Calciopoli, I mean, a bit after that, Juventus and Del Piero had their had their Scudetti taken from them uh, due to the scandal. That was in two thousand and five, two thousand and six, all that corruption. But I mean, you all know about that. Mm. Um, Now, Del Piero's greatest achievement, I'm sure he would say, uh, again under under Marcello Lippi, was winning the World Cup in two thousand and six. His goal in the last minute of extra time against Germany in the semi final, after Grosso had scored um, in the extra time, a few minutes before that, secured their trip to Berlin. And to the final And really uh, An apt 
sort of um, string to the bow of his career I suppose because Del Piero he did get stick for the national team I, I yeah. think there, even now there is a, a feeling he didn't quite fulfil himself for Italy um, and for him to get that goal is a proper sort of um, counterpoint to that argument I think and it's, yeah. it's great that because he was such a talisman for such a he long was. time and it, was, it wasn't a particularly good period for Italian football a lot of his international career probably between uh, Euro 2000 and that World Cup mm. um, it was quite dark days for Italy a lot of the time and so for him to, for him to get that is great it's really really good well by this stage he wasn't even really he wasn't starting game. No. I mean, he came on as a substitute in extra time in that game in fact um, I, don't think even, I don't think he featured in the quarter final um, I think he played in the second round game um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I mean he's, he's a great player, a classy player at the very highest level as well. Mm. I mean, you could even argue now that he's the most talented striker Juventus have got. I mean, they've got Tony and they've got one or two others, but Del Piero is the classiest mm. player they yeah. have. And he it's always the dynamism, isn't it? Of him. Yeah, I mean, the, the most men, what I would say the biggest juxtaposition and, and the most sort of interesting part of his career was in 2006, he won the World Cup with Italy. You know, he was mm. instrumental in the semi finals I've just mentioned. Um, but they got relegated into that because of Cal Chiopoli, yeah. mm. and he said, "Well, I'm staying." Um, that is so. That that is the work of a one club man, isn't it? Perhaps yeah. maybe that's why people always think he he was a uh, sort of youth product at Juventus. Well, not only did he stay, he said he, he didn't sort of hold his counsel and just let his football. He said um, he, he thought all the players should stay. He said, "You know, the fans deserve this, as does the, as did the new directors." Mm. And while many players like uh, Zlatan and Cannavaro and Turam left. He stayed yeah, and, and Buffon as well Buffon absolutely up. But the infrastructure In the club Would sort of dictate That they probably would Be right back up again Oh and they did yeah. and, and obviously they did But I mean just, But this just, is a man Who's, who's, who's playing career is, is you know Coming getting, to a close Yeah he's getting yeah. old he, you know, he wants to play As much top level football As he can But he does, lo- he does love Juventus So much And that's mm. obviously An overriding factor I mean he was top scorer In Serie B When they were relegated mm. uh, And then he became Top scorer in Serie A The season after He's the only player To have ever done this Top scorer in B And then A yeah. um, T- Luca Tony did it in, Twice in about Three seasons I think But it's never been done In the way Del Piero did it um, well, Juventus should never have found themselves in that position. Really. Well, absolutely. No. But I mean, it's a weird, one, isn't it? Because we often talk about clubs being punished and fans being punished for things that individuals have done. Yeah. Which, I mean, I really respect the way Del Piero carried himself yeah. because because he, he felt like he owed it to them. He felt like he, he owed it to the fans. And to, like he said, the new directors. Well, he's a classy player, classy man. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. it would have been easy to just go to feel cheated. You know, to, to, n- to not know his, that his the club were cheating on your behalf. But even so, behind aside from all that, he's still still yeah. stuck out. Like, it's the way he, he holds himself and he, he, carries, he carries his counsel and stuff he, he very much reminds me of Roberto Baggio in the, in the same way that mm. he's got quite a classy sort of cultured yeah absolutely so he can play, yeah. he can play in the hole on, on the fly he's actually got exactly the same amount of goals as uh, international goals as, as Baggio as well, yeah. um, but anyway so Juventus have really struggled since Calciopi they're arguably still feeling the effects of it now um, so they've not really been up there and challenging and since then they've not won a title officially since 2003 but in 2008 he would have been 33 34, he was absolutely outstanding as Real yeah. Madrid in the Bernabeu in the Champions League. He scored two goals. One was a lovely drive in the bottom left corner. The second was a free kick, I think. Uh, and he got he got uh, substituted off in injury time, and he got a standing ovation throughout the entire stadium. That's a tough uh, thing to get there. Oh, of course, it's amazing. <laughs> it's a great. It's a, actually it's a great um, example of how Real Madrid fans can recognise talent and class mm. as well. Um, so yeah, that, that was that was obviously a, a, a great moment of, of, of years gone by, and how, how talented he still is. Um, he marked his 445th Serie A appearance for Juve, breaking the all-time club record. Scored two goals. Nice uh, against Genoa. That was on the 14th of February last year. Um, shortly after that, he scored his 300th and 301st career goal um, against Siena. 
Um, and in October of that year, he, he scored his 179th Serie A goal, breaking the le- record of club legend uh, Giampiero Boniperti, who is an, who's an absolute legend at Juventus as well. Um, now, on the 5th of February 2011, Del Piero became the most capped Juventus player ever. He remains the third most capped player in Serie A history, uh, behind Javier Zanetti and Francesco Totti. Um, and he recently signed a one-year extension at uh, Juventus, so he's sticking around for next oh, year he as well. He could do a Carnu. Yeah, exactly, he just yeah. kept going. Well, he has said he'd like to play till he's forty. So whether he can, I mean, he can't, he can't contribute at the level he used to. No. Uh, but he still, he's but, still I mean, he might be one of those players that stays and is happy to just do twenty minutes here and there. You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's important. He just wants to be there, I think. And and another thing which really caught my eye when I was when I was reading up about Del Piero is that he's very well known in Italy, apparently, uh, for his sense of humour. Right. Um, maybe not something we'll get the information of across here, but he he's in a he's in a basically he's in a comedy show. Well, he was. <laughs> Called La Sai L'Ultima di Totti, a comedy sketch show created by his friend Francesco Totti. What? Where the two of them, an international ex teammate, Alessandro Nesta and Gian- Gianluigi Buffon, tell jokes about one another. I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the uh, real Ferdinand Mercury. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, yeah that, about each other. That's fascinating. <laughs> That's great, isn't it? Um, oh, I'd love to see that. Yeah, I'll, and I'll, understand I'll, it. Yeah, it's worth I'll, learning Italian. I think they have a lot of Italian sort of comedy shows around football in Italy. Yeah. Remember the one where Beckham got caught out, and, and there was, was one of, one about Latin at one point yes. as well, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, he also does a lot of work for charity for cancer research. Um, he's very good friends with Noel Gallagher, as you guys. I like know. to think he does cancer research. Oh, he'd be amazing, wouldn't he? He's, <laughs> there's nothing he can't do. But he, he's such a good friend with Noel Gallagher that he was actually in the Lord Don't Slow Me Down video. Uh, and and so, apparently, he sometimes introduces them when they play gigs in Italy, or he used wow. to when they were still together. Um, so yeah, he's, he's big, fan, big uh, friends with Noel Gallagher as well. Overall, 653 appearances for Juventus, 283 goals. He's not an out-and-out striker, obviously, the second mm. striker. So he's, not, he's not a real poacher. Um, Italy, 91 caps, 27 goals. Um, by all means, respectable. I mean, the things he's won, I'll be here all day telling you. I mean, he's so many league titles. Juventus all-time leading scorer. They're leading scorer in the Champions League. Um, leading scorer in the, in the Italian League. Uh, all-time prince holder in Serie A. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Um, the man is a true legend, uh, a real classy operator, and, and proved himself at time and time again at the highest level. So I thought I'd end with a, with, with, with a couple of quotes. First of all, from the man himself. He says, Money is not everything. My ambition was football itself, not the money I'd make from it. If that brings me and my family a more comfortable lifestyle, then that's fine. But I don't spend my time between games and training sessions thinking about figures. Now, as is the custom on this show, I'll leave the last word to Diego Maradona. <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone want. he hasn't st- <laughs> publicised his opinion about? Here he is, Del Piero. He's different from Zidane. He loves to play. He feels it in his soul. Between him and Zidane, I stay with him. Oh. Come in. Oh. No Del way. Piero, everyone. I remember when I was a kid, I just wanted his sideburns. I hate to bring it back <laughs> to the sideburns <laughs> that I'm obsessed with, but my, my friend could grow brilliant Del Piero sideburns, and I just wanted them. I'm very Italian looking man. Are you for it? Are you for Italian? <laughs> Should have just shaved his off in his sleep and well, just kept them. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, I guess that's about it. I hate to sound like Marcus, but I kind of am. That's kind of his job. Um, so, uh, any notices, fella? No, not for me. 
<laughs> Do you want a little blog round? Oh, oh yeah, cool. Blog round yeah. of yeah. the Well, in the Ramble blog this week, Andy Brassel looks at the awful story of France's proposed quota for non-white players. I'm sure you've all heard about it, but get over and have a look because that is insane. Uh, James Walker Roberts tells the story of the incredible um, night where four Brazilian teams bombed out of the Copa Libertadores uh, in the in the same night. It's absolutely, it's just unfathomable. Yeah, unbearable. Yeah, indeed. And Mikhail Zakodny enlightens us with more craziness in Poland this time at the end of a heated cup final Chris Nee shines his light on Luke Rogers once of Shrewsbury Town now of New York Red Bulls oh, Joel yeah. Richard reports on the Argentinian FA's recent decisions to start rescinding uh, yellow cards and the controversy it's causing while I start to wonder if I've been mental in predicting that West Ham will stay up um, <laughs> so do go have a look there's a, a lot of incredibly interesting stuff over there that we just we don't have time to talk about on the show Jim so you wrote that you blog can... today yeah I did yeah, that's what, how up the minute is West Ham staying up yeah, I know. Well, no I've, been, I've been backing him for ages, haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> you got to follow through with it. Indeed. Well, that is about it. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's uh, show at thefootballramble.com. That's our email address if you're near a computer. Blummin, send us a message. Go on, Well, abuse us on Twitter like yeah, that. Yeah, like, like that guy definitely will. It's at footballramble, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter.com forward slash uh, footballramble. Um, say goodbye, Jim. Bye. Say goodbye, Luke. Goodbye. Marcus Mello will be back next week. We're all off to shoot down the Preston plane. Cheers. You beardy fuck. Is it profile time? <laughs> oh, Alright. My, my <laughs> girlfriend's friend's mother r- mm. reportedly uh, mean you? made a no, made a chocolate cake, right? <laughs> reportedly. No, yeah, <laughs> no, no, well, yeah. Where does she live? How quiet news, is it? News well, just in. Let me finish. <laughs> Woman <laughs> makes cake. Made a chocolate cake with courgette in it. Right. Mm. I'd have that, yeah. Oh shut up, you two. What? What I'm saying is, it's gone too far. She's obviously gone, spent all her life making chocolate cakes, and mm. just run out of things to do, so she's got to put courgette in it. See what happens. It'll be a talking point. You can't put fucking vegetables in, in chocolate cake. Well, she can, and she has. Well, I, I'm, but I'm, what I'm saying is, I'm, I'm taking umbrage, and I'm saying, there's no way it tasted nice. People are just bantering about it, because it's something different, but in no way did that taste any good. Luke, you're kind of pointing out the folly of us doing a Marcus LaShaw. Right. With that kind of chat, aren't you? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, show was a bit rubbish this week. There's a fucking courgette in it. Call it up your bum. Good album. <laughs>